Hello everyone and welcome to One Chill Port Podcast, episode 188. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to give you a special report. I have finished Xenoblade Chronicles X. We did it. We did it. It only took, uh, I don't know... <laughs> I think I think so. The, I think the game came out in 2015, and I actually got the game before it came out. I don't know if I ever told that story before, but yeah, I was at a like Toys R Us when Xenoblade Chronicles X was going out, or I, I just happened to be there, and uh, I used to go there because they, they used to have stuff that was like on on sale a lot. I got like Red Steel Two there for like nine dollars. Um, I I almost picked up what was it? Um, it's that one like zombie. Zani Pamic Wonderland was on 3DS. I almost got that once because that was like ten dollars, but I ended up, you know, I was I I I I I don't need it. I shouldn't have got it, so I did not get it. But yeah, so so occasionally I'd go to Toys R Us and they would have some decent deals, and um and yeah, one one time I went and Xenoblade Chronicles X was on the shelf even though it wouldn't come out for like a week or two. And so one thing that that more recently you'll find with some of these bigger outlets like Toys R Us or Walmart is that even if they put it on the shelf. Uh, they won't sell it to you. They'll go and scan it. It'll say, "Hey, this game's not out yet, so you can't um you can't buy it." But you know, I figured I'd try. But it kind of worked out because um there was this whole hubbub that happened at the Toys R Us where like there's a, a huge group of people in front of or not a huge group. There's like two people in front of me that had these carts and carts full of stuff, and um I think they were trying to get all of it and put it all on layaway. Um, and, and it was like a ridiculous amount of stuff and there's like only one person working. So we were like sitting there and or I was sitting in there in line with this copy of Xenoblade Chronicles X, like, okay, well, let me see if I can buy this. And this whole thing happened with the layaway stuff in front of me. So they had to take care of them first and it took forever. And then once they finished scanning everything, I forget what happened, but basically they had to basically return everything um immediately at that point and they couldn't like stop like returning it back so they had to rescan everything back in it was a ridiculous amount of stuff so i stood there for probably about like 45 minutes to an hour um waiting along with a bunch of other people you know the poor poor guy was like you know some some you know college kid who was just there to do his job and there's just like a ton of people there and i at least I think I'm I'm pretty decent about like customer service stuff, so I'm just standing there like you know fine. Like I, I already know that what I'm doing is like you know not not probably gonna work out, uh, but you know everybody else is like sitting there heckling him, and it's like oh, come on, leave him alone. You know it, it's not like his, this isn't his fault, right? Um, anyways, so long story short, uh, I got up there and <laughs> and you know it'd been like an hour, and he scanned it, and it didn't let it go through. He's like. He was just like all flustered and uh, basically he rang it up as like a generic charge for whatever the cost was and and I basically got to buy it even though it wouldn't let <laughs> it wouldn't let him sell it. Um so yeah, that was I got it like a week or two early. Um I I think I played online. I have to go back. I might actually have a recording of when I first started playing. So maybe I maybe I disabled the online out of fear of getting like banned or something cuz you know yeah, some of these things, if you if you play them early and you connect to the servers, Nintendo's like, hey, what are you doing, boy? And then, like, kicks you off. Like, uh, with like, uh, the Hyrule Age of Calamity stuff, like, people were streaming that game uh, in Europe and New Zealand, and then they got, like, banned on Twitch because it technically was not out in the U.S. or something weird. So, yeah. Anyways, so it's been, like, five years. I don't know if I should have told that story, but here I, I did it. There you go. That was that was the beginning of this 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 journey, and it ended with me uh, putting so so I I put in about 
60-ish hours, I think, since, um, since, uh, the, the, the December 31st. So I went from, like, 58 hours clocked in to 123 hours. So, yeah, it was a, a lot of time, but... You know, I'm I'm glad I sat down and really committed to it. You know, I I wasn't really expecting to do that, but once I kind of saw the, you know, end of the road and was able to see that, you know, that I was going to be able to finish it. I was like, "Well, let's go ahead and do this." And and I'm glad I finished it. You know, I, I like I said earlier, I think I said it last week, like I I I grief about that game all the time or grief about the game all the time, but and there are definitely problems with that game. I don't want to sit there and be like, "Oh, Xenoblade Chronicles X is a is a you know, this amazing, perfect experience, but it's still a good game. And, you know, I, I don't personally like open world stuff. So there's some things in that game that bother me that I think aren't necessarily bad. They're just, you know, kind of the nature of an open world game, but, uh, but I generally really enjoyed it and, and we'll have, um, I'll probably do some kind of like casual review or something on it, um, sometime in the near future to, to kind of give my full thoughts. Although I've talked about it so much on this podcast, I don't know how many people really need to, (laughs) need me to go back and uh and and talk about it in depth but hey you know it's been been a five-year journey let's go ahead and uh and wrap it up and you know do a full a full uh not a full video review but you know top it off you know put a little put a little hat on it i don't know why i put a little hat on it but you know a little top hat on that game case (laughs) like you're done you're finished so yeah, so in terms of what I would, what I'm gonna play next, um, you know, obviously I've got the stuff that I that I started up and haven't finished yet, like the Tozan RPG, uh, Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine, um, Alleyway is one I want to uh, get back to as well, even though Alleyway is just kind of doing the same thing over and over and over again. So, um, but but those things, at least Indiana Jones and the Tozan RPG, um, those things are going to require me to do more work when I'm done with them. And I'm already kind of behind on stuff right now. So I think what I'll probably do is A, focus on making videos. Um, I need to do the Final Fantasy, or not Final Fantasy, sorry, um, Valkyria Revolution uh, video. I want to move that forward somewhat, probably. Uh, or at least make sure the script is finalized and everything so I can go ahead and begin editing the video itself. Um, and then uh, I might also go ahead and edit together a couple casual reviews um, just to give you know, some content, um, for there to be before I finish that Valkyrie Revolution thing. Cause I do have Ridge Racer that I have to do and then, or, uh, casual review for, and there's also, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles X. I, I need to do casual review for that. Um, so there's definitely, I definitely have stuff to, to fill in some time until I can get that Valkyrie Revolution video, uh, all finished up. One thing I might do, and I, I don't remember, I think I talked about this on the stream last week. I don't remember the last time I talked about this on the podcast is um, there are two things that I also wanted to do uh, a year or two ago. And that was um, for uh, Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet, they added some additional story content and, and some updates. It's not like a paid DLC pack. It's just something that you download for free. Um, and I I might be interested in just kind of going and, and seeing what that is. And, and if it's something that's like fairly quick and, and reasonable to clear, then I might go ahead and go do that just to, because I had already played all the DLC in that game. So it'd be nice to just, you know, make sure I have the final check mark on that game, basically. Um, I don't expect much from it. Uh, <laughs> I was, I, I really... You know, I, I bought all the DLC of that game, really hoping it would uh, eventually do something for me. The, oh man, Fatal Bullet, that's one of the ones I wish I did like a casual review of back when I when I originally uh, wrote it. And if I, yeah, you know, had this format, um, 
previously in a, in a position that I could have used it uh, because F- Fatal Bullet's a game that, I, that I'm very split on and I do like in some ways, but I also find that it just kind of underperforms in a ton of different ways and I ended up never really doing anything with it. I did like a quick play at one point, but it, the quick play format really limits me to talking about a very particular section of a game. And, and so I feel like that video is just not a great video to be honest. So it would have been nice to do like a casual review and maybe, maybe once I finish, um, playing the DLC that might reinvigorate my memories a bit and I can do something, but I think it's just been too long that I'll, I'll probably have to just pass on that on doing anything further, at least without playing it yet again. I think I had to play through that game twice. I'm trying to remember why. I, I think there were some, I think there was some content you had to play through the game twice to do. Um, I think there's a hard mode as well, if I recall correctly. So, so yeah, but, um, yeah, there's a real ending is what it was. That's what it was. You, like you had to play through the game and, and get the real ending and you had to build up your relationship, I think with her- certain characters. Um, and, and the real ending is what made me, uh, <laughs> more interested in the story of that game because I actually like, uh, like parts of that real ending, despite it being kind of unsatisfying, to be honest. And then, uh, Final Fantasy 15 Comrades, that's something I wanted to get back to. I don't, that's another one where it's like, I'm not quite sure what I need to do in Final Fantasy 15 Comrades. I did the first 20 or so hours of it and got the kind of end credits of the uh, initial release of Comrades, but they provided updates as that game was live for, for a while. And I don't know if those updates are just like, you know, grindy quests that you just kind of can do. Like, I don't really care about just leveling up or just completing content to complete content. Um, But if there's actual story content that they added, um, I personally would be interested in seeing that additional story content because that's kind of the last um, Final Fantasy 15 story content I have, unless I start looking at like, you know, pocket edition or something, which is just kind of a retelling of the base Final Fantasy 15. I wouldn't mind playing Final Fantasy 15 pocket edition. It looks like an interesting game. Um, and as somebody who really didn't like the open world aspects of Final Fantasy 15, I kind of like the idea of having something that's like more, uh, linear from start to finish. Um, and, and seeing how that would be presented story-wise, if that feels like a better experience than, than kind of the weird nature of Final Fantasy XV. If you don't know, like halfway through Final Fantasy XV, like it's, a, it's an open world game from the start. And then like halfway through, they're like, oh no, we ran out of money. Uh, we're just going to launch you down this linear path straight to the end. And I like, I like all the linear path stuff. I'm like, oh, this is when the game gets good. Uh, other people felt differently. Other people feel like that it was just rushing through the game and, and not really, you know, doing what, what they wanted the game to be doing. Um, but I would be interested in seeing what an experience of that game would look like, you know, if it's linear from start to finish. That's the impression of my of that game, the uh, the pocket edition. I can't say for sure what it is like structurally, um, but from what I've seen, that seems to be the case where it's like a, a much more linear experience. So maybe someday it's on the Nintendo Switch, and it's it's fairly short. I think it's like twenty hours, which actually kind of checks out for you know probably how much mainline story content there is in Final Fantasy fifteen. Um, so it, it also seems like maybe it'd be like a fun stream RPG, a good twenty hour RPG. RPG is like a good stream RPG. Anything that's longer than that, I start getting really iffy about. Like in the case of like, you know, Industrial Spy Operation Espionage, when I when I realized that game was going to take me close to like 30 hours, I was like, I, I don't want to just play this all at once. I want to take a break halfway through this. So I, I feel like 20 hours is like the, the maximum length I want for a, a, a stream game. So... So, yeah. Um, one other thing I want to do as well, and, um, you know, I, I don't remember how much I talked about this in the in the 2021 plans video, but I, I do think I want to do some smaller write-ups on the website. Um, 
I was talking about Dojin games last week, and I was like, how can I how can I cover these Dojin games in a way that's like you know reasonable <laughs> like like you know some of those games are like you know less than 10 minutes long or something like that or they're very simple or straightforward so they don't really need a like full video or anything like that and and like they don't really need a lot of lot of attention on them so i might do a little like dojin write-ups on the website um and and play around with that idea and see if that's like a a fun way to to approach some written content you know it's not going to be as extensive as like the full articles i used to do um but considering the last article was my 2019 and review article you know I, I think there should be some written stuff on the website and you know again it's not going to be some big fl well, huge thing i hope i almost said fluffy thing you know big huge thing i hope um i, I hope it's something i could do pretty pretty easily and, and and you know make it you know something i could do quickly i guess um, because really, uh, written content is not, <laughs> is not something that gets a lot of attention, um, on, on the website. So I, I don't want to invest a ton of time into it, but I would like to keep doing it because I do like to write. I do like to write about games, um, as well, but I just kind of chose the YouTube as the focus a couple years ago because that seemed like the most promising avenue. Um, and I like making videos as well. So I'm, I'm pretty 50, 50. I'm making videos and writing. They, they really are very similar things, but with kind of different steps. Um, you know, the, the, with, with, with a written thing, I have to kind of make sure I clean it up and that the actual text is, is really solid where with a, um, with a video, I can just kind of, you know, make a script and, you know, I don't have to worry about punctuation or, or anything that much, you know, just kind of focus on, making sure that it reads well, but then I have to go through the process of, you know, audio editing and video editing and videos definitely take longer than articles. Um, but, but I get to sacrifice, you know, having to, having to like nail down this, this text to make sure it's, 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 you know, as perfect as I can make it. Right. I'm always going to get some typos. <laughs> my, my, my final fantasy 13 mini review or sorry, 13, two mini review. I misspelled lightning's name as lighting uh, every single time and didn't catch it for about six months. And then I went back and looked at it once. I was like, Oh, I misspelled her name every time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we actually got some news this week. I was not really expecting that. Um, given how, you know, it's, it's the first of the year, but you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't know. It, it, was, it was a little quiet over the holidays. So, so, you know, I was, I was kind of expecting it to be a little bit longer before, before we started getting some news here. Um, one is, and this is the big news story for me. Bomber Girl PC is finally coming. This was announced like I think like three years ago at this point, or maybe maybe it wasn't as long. It felt like forever. Um, they announced that there's Bomber Girl was going to come to PC and that it was going to you know basically connect to the servers and and you could play you know on PC at home and you can also interact with, with arcade players and everything like that. Um, initially, now it sounds like that's not the case. Now it sounds like you're put into a PC specific community for Bomber Girl. Um, interestingly enough, and if you don't know what Bomber Girl is, Bomber Girl is basically kind of a, a, this is maybe not a great description of it, but it's, it's my idea of it. I say this because I don't know what MOBAs are really, but it feels kind of like somewhat like a MOBA bomber man, Bomberman game in some ways. There's like these towers you go and you try to bomb and you like basically are like advancing down these, uh, you know, lanes almost it's it, it, it's it's a very like forward momentum bomberman in some ways from from what i've played you have like different melee skills and things like that um but it's also very very erotic it's got like ichi elements because it's bomber girl so we got to make it make it horny um, so so yeah but it, i played a little bit in japan and i actually really liked what i played of it 
Um, you know, I didn't dedicate my time to it because I, I really was focused on um, uh, a Tokodol. And, and before I found a Tokodol machine, I was focused on Aikatsu. So that was my focus on that trip. And, and I figured Bomber Girl, if it was coming to PC, potentially... Um, you know, I could I could play that here in the U.S. potentially. So so you can do that. And I think they had, had an open beta this week. I did not register and try it because I was too busy playing Xenoblade Chronicles X. <laughs> I actually didn't finish Xenoblade Chronicles X until the day I'm recording this. But but yeah, so I might give that a go. It's interesting billing model wise because it's basically just the arcade billing model. You pay per play, essentially. Um, so it's it's. You know, I, I don't know how I feel about that per se. I would obviously rather just purchase the game so I could just, you know, play it um, and continue to play it. But if it's going to be the same as the arcade game, there's something about it that my brain's like, well, maybe that's fine. I don't know. <laughs> I hope if I do play it, I hope I don't invest a ton of money into it. But but, you know, I feel like a game like that is going to have a um pretty, pretty high ceiling uh, of skill but we'll see maybe if you like play it a little bit at a time it doesn't feel nearly as bad as if you you know like just dump you know 30 bucks into it on a weekend or something right <laughs> however much money um so arcades I, I feel like the arcades are expensive but as long as you're doing it like rarely it's probably fine but if it becomes like a weekly thing you got to be careful with your money, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I blow a bunch of money when I go to an arcade, but maybe it's because I'm bad at video games. So um, it's it's like one of those things that like whenever I go to arcade, I end up playing like on-rails shooters all the time. Like, I don't know if this is the best use of my money. <laughs> like maybe maybe just go buy like Guns of LA on the, the Wii for, you know, I don't know how much money. $10. It, I have no idea how much that costs. Maybe it's one of those weird Wii games that got really expensive, but... Um, you know, there's there's definitely other avenues I can go to play our our uh, on rail game on rail shooters uh, on the Wii if I don't want to worry about peripherals. And then uh, and then there's also like, you know, PS2 games, Ninja Assault, where you have to have like the uh, the the gun cons and things like that and a CRT, which I, I do have a CRT and I haven't been using my CRT. So it'd be nice to have a way to use my CRT <laughs> uh, for something. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty low priority. On-rail shooters are pretty low priority. Anyways, Bomber Girl, I, I might give that a shot, and I'll definitely talk to you guys about it if uh, if I do. Um, Akiba's Trip, Hellbound and Debriefed. I thought this was a new Akiba's Trip game, but actually it's a, it's a remaster of the original game. Um, I believe it's only been announced for Japan so far. If you don't know what this is, this is kind of like a... This is one of those games that I haven't like played or paid much attention to, so maybe I'm getting this wrong. But it's kind of like a, in some ways, like an action brawler kind of thing. But I think the whole point... Uh, speaking of Ichi games, um, you like strip the clothes off of other people, um, and and you, I don't remember why you do it. It's like something to do with like making sure they're not like infected or something with something. Uh, I, I seem to recall, but the, the whole core thing seems to be about basically stripping clothes off people, and you're like in Akihabara doing it or whatever. Um, and, and it, it always seemed kind of fun. There was the, the second game came out here in the U S as well as Akiba's beat, I believe it's what it's called. Um, but I always kind of wanted to play the original one first, just because I knew that other one was technically the second game. So if this one gets localized, I might consider picking it up. It's coming out for switch and PS4. It's also one of those interesting cases when we talk about like, you know, changes that have to be made on more modern releases on PlayStation due to their policies. Um, it's one of those cases where we can look back at the original PSP game that was released and see if there were any like changes that were, were made, uh, you know, that we assume Sony's policies kind of pushed them to make. Um, also, you can see if there's differences between the 
PlayStation 4 and the, the Switch release as well. Um, but they seem to keep at least the part where you're ripping people's clothes off and, and stripping them down to their underwear uh, at the very least. Um, I don't know about the first game, but the, the second game, I remember at the time appreciating <laughs> that, that at least from some of the footage I saw, the guys got equal treatment of you got to rip their clothes off too. Um, and I do remember some zoomed in crotch shots as well with like little, you know, <laughs> everything detailed. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's just a goofy game overall. There's like, you know, you can run around town in like a bear suit, I think is what I saw on the trailer and like a chef's outfit outfit. You can put on like Gothic lolly to clothes and things like that. So I don't know. It seems like a goofy fun game. It sure does look like a PSP game. Uh, I saw in the, like the announcement, they're like, we finally can fully realize how the character illustrations for this game looks and it's like this still looks like a psp games and your character models still are pretty low poly it's not a big deal though like it's it's whatever it's a budget game or whatever and a remake of a or a remaster of a psp game so uh i don't i don't really expect much so the rest of the stories are actually just kind of like interesting notes about a, a variety of things uh, from this week. One being that Microsoft apparently is asking uh, Xbox Series S and Xbox Series X users if they want, like are interested in the DualSense features of the PlayStation 5's controllers. Um, you know, maybe implying that they're looking at maybe implementing something like that in the uh, the Xbox controllers. I believe there is some sort of haptic feedback for the Xbox controllers, but for like the triggers and things like that. But I believe how that works is very different from what other PlayStation's uh, controllers implement it. And the PlayStation controllers, PlayStation 5's DualSense controllers, um, um, have a bit more of a dynamic way that it, it handles with, like, pushing back on the uh, the triggers and things like that. So, like, if you're, like, spraying a, a water hose or something and you hold down the trigger, the, the trigger kind of vibrates back at you to represent kind of, like, the tension of the hose, you know, as the water's coming out of it. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting that, like, post-launch, we're seeing this kind of like question of hey you know maybe we can we can revisit the controller and and see if we can bring in some features that that sony had um i don't know how effective this is going to be this is one of the things that like even the fact that sony has this on this platform it's hard to know how much people actually use it or developers will actually use it because you know they're making games for pc they're making games for xbox and you know if both platforms launch with this kind of controller at launch and you know people are using those controllers on pc as well then i could definitely see a case where we we potentially see this this feature be used more more regularly um but kind of because we already missed the boat with like you know the xbox coming out um, I, I don't see that really ever being something that, that gets a lot of focus outside of like, you know, Sony exclusive games um, uh, on the platform. So so it's, it's interesting that they're asking about it now. I'd be curious to see if, you know, they do eventually somewhere down the line introduce a controller that has similar features. Um, I definitely wouldn't mind that per se, um, but it, it, it just like introducing it like right after you launch your console, I think makes it a little harder to guarantee that players will have that type of controller. Um, you know, maybe if it was something that's, you know, introduced in the next year or so. I mean, it's been a while since we had like a, a mid console shift of like a controller feature set. I feel like, you know, we had the analog controllers, the rumble stuff, but all that was like, you know, the 32 the bit slash 64 bit era. And then, you know, the, the era after that when we're looking at like gamecube ps2 and xbox all that stuff was generally starting to become fairly standardized at that point um so so i just don't imagine it being something that's going to be 
relevant in the near future. That and like, you know, I, I don't know if we've seen any cases where the haptic feedback of the PlayStation 5's DualSense has has been like, this is a game changer. You know, it definitely is a a, a gimmick. Um, and, you know, I, I like those gimmicks. Uh, but but yeah, I just like one of the things that like, even if you do get in the hands of all developers, you know, who's going to actually utilize it in a way that's 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 interesting or good. Like, will, will that be something that that is, you know, utilized in, in smart ways or ways that make it improve the player's experience? Um, or will, will it just be some throwaway thing that people throw in? You know, I, I know that I'm probably a bit more uh, accepting of these kind of gimmicks. I, I, w- I was on the HD rumble train despite having yet to experience I'm still on the HD Rumble train, but but I've yet to experience good HD Rumble, um, which you know supposedly Mario Party has good HD Rumble, but I just have a hard time justifying buying Super Mario Party um, without having other people to play with. But you know, and one two switch the same thing. But I probably should pick up one of those, and even even without the the multiplayer mechanic, just see if I can you know mess around with it and be like how many how many balls are in this Joy-Con? Let me let me feel let me roll the Joy-Con around and just feel feel how many balls are there, I guess. I don't know. Um or like what what is else what else is there? I'm trying to think. I feel like that is the only good example I've ever heard of of HD Rumble is figuring out how many balls are in a box. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um so yeah, I don't know. Um but I like those kind of gimmicks. So I'm I'm definitely open to there being more applications for DualSense and and Microsoft adopting that so we can see more developers fully utilize that and maybe even come over to PC releases if you know um I don't really know what the current standard PC controllers are, but I'd imagine most people are probably just using Xbox controllers, PlayStation controllers. I think I think PlayStation 4 since the DualShock 4 the PlayStation's had like a driver for Windows 10. Um, I could be wrong about that. I've never used a DS4 on a PC, or at least without using like a Joy. I think it's called DS4 Tool. Is that what it's called? Which was a a okay program at the time when there wasn't like any kind of way to use a driver. But uh, but I, I did purchase a uh, Xbox One controller at some point, and I've been using that on PC for a while, and it's worked out pretty well. I actually like it quite a bo- quite a lot. Um, so it is a little weird having an Xbox One controller without having an Xbox One. Uh, but I'll get there someday, or at least get an Xbox Series X or something. There's also some some interesting Nintendo-related stories here, too. Um, one being that Nintendo's bought uh, Next Level Games. I don't think this is particularly surprising, although it is something that, you know, it's not something that happens often with Nintendo. I think people noted, that, like, the last time Nintendo bought uh, a developer was back in, I think, when, when they acquired Monolith Soft in 2007 or so. Because um, Monolith Soft mainly worked with Namco at the time, uh, and Namco may, may have owned them at the time, actually. And, and I believe I believe Bandai Namco still owns some amount of Monolith Soft, but, but like a very very minor amount. I could be wrong about that, but you know, for at least for a while, uh, Namco owned a, a a certain amount of Monolith Soft. Um, so yeah, but I mean, like Next Level Games has been doing a lot of stuff with Nintendo, and it's really paid off. You know, with Luigi's Mansion specifically, I think Luigi's Mansion um, two and three sold really well. They received very well. Um, I, I do think they kind of struggle with some of the things that I feel like a lot of games that are developed outside of Nintendo but are for Nintendo kind of struggle with, where you know they, they maybe don't quite hit the level of quality of like a traditional Nintendo game but but come in like just below that and and you know they 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 seem like they make really solid games and they've been making them since for Nintendo since you know I think Mario Strikers uh, on the GameCube 
Uh, maybe something before that as well, but that's the first one I can recall at the very least. Um, and they they made a lot of Wii games as well. You know, they they worked on the Transformers series on the Wii. I'm pretty sure, um, and and things like that. So, you know, I I I think it's about it's about time maybe. But at the same time, I probably would have said the same thing about Rare back in the day if I was actually paying attention to the industry. If you look at like just how much Rare was supporting the Nintendo 64 and the effort they're putting into the platform, and you know the, the quality of game they're putting out. Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure at the time it was pretty shocking to most people that Nintendo wasn't the one who bought Rare, that Microsoft was the one who ended up buying them in the end. Um, um, so I, I, you know, maybe it's not, <laughs> maybe it's not, maybe it's not as, as inevitable as I thought, but, but, you know, they've just been working really close to Nintendo for a long time and Nintendo's been allowing them to work on IP that, that, you know, matters. Luigi's Mansion is, is yes, a side IP, but it's like one of the, more beloved one these days at the very least you know it's not like mario strikers where it's like yeah you're making a mario sports game right um which you know people like mario strikers don't get me wrong but i i think mario strikers doesn't have exactly the the um same value as like or or maybe same respect as like a, a luigi's mansion does even though you know I, th- I think that the Lu- respect for Luigi's Mansion came quite a bit after that game came out because for a while, uh, Luigi's Mansion was kind of the joke of the GameCube. Uh, I feel like, um, you know, most people would be like, "Ah ha ha!" GameCube launched with Luigi Mansion. Woo boy! Um, nowadays, I don't think anybody really bats an eye at that. Uh, it's like, yeah, Luigi's Mansion—that's a cool game. Um, you know, but at the time, you know, Luigi's Mansion is a short game. You know, it's not a Mario game. Every console launched with a Mario game, and and um. I think value was a big part of, of games back then for sure. Um, and, and having a shorter game was kind of viewed as a really bad thing. I think these days is something's like, you know, a few hours long. It's not, not necessarily a terrible thing, especially as you get to be, as you become an adult. And as, as, as the age of people played games have gotten older, I think there's a lot of value in the shorter experiences and people appreciate that more. Where if you're just trying to like, you know, buy one game a month, well, you're going to buy Persona 5, you know, or something like that, right? Or Xenoblade Chronicles X, because um, it's going to last you, you know, however many hundreds of hours. So, in more scarier news, <laughs> I had actually missed this before before it resolved itself, but apparently uh, DSiWare, um, a ton, if, I don't know how many in total, like, or like what percentage of the, the, the library, but the majority of DSi, or I don't want to say majority, a large number of DSiWare titles were removed from the uh, the Nintendo 3DS eShop. If you don't know, when the when the DSiWare um, or when Nintendo 3DS uh, had its eShop launch, they imported uh, basically, as far as I know, m- the majority of the DSiWare's library. I think there's uh, some things that didn't um, didn't come over, um, but but the large majority of the DSiWare library came over to the 3DS's eShop. And apparently, uh, sometime this week, they they just like removed a ton of them. Um, I think the majority of them, uh, but the majority of them are back now. Uh, let me actually pull up the list here because, um, because, uh, uh, there are some that still, that still did not make it back. Um, you know, most of these are not things that are, that are worth talking about, you know, five in one solitaire, Digger Dan and Kaboom. I don't know what that is. Matchup, Word Searcher 3. So, like, titles like that are the ones that did not end up coming back. And I don't, I don't think Nintendo provided an explanation of why a bunch of stuff got delisted and then re-added back on. Um, but the one on here that I think is worth mentioning is uh, Face Pilot Fly with Fly with your uh, Nintendo DSi camera. I, I tried looking into this, and I think this is a Nintendo-published game. 
Um, and it kind of looks kind of pilot wings ish. It's not pilot wings, obviously directly. Um, but if it is a Nintendo published game and it is like kind of tangentially related to pilot wings or at least similarly genre wise, um, I, I definitely think it's something that would be worth potentially looking at for somebody, uh, looking into that, that, that library, right. Of like Nintendo flying based games or, or pilot wings, you know, as being a little bit of a, like a, a, uh, you know, note footer note footnote at the end of a, or, a, you know, in a, in a piece that are talking about Nintendo flight games. So I, I, I think it's, 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 it's a little sad that it's gone, but I think the majority of the DSiWare library has been backed up and uploaded online, similar to WiiWare. So I don't think there's any real concern over, you know, um, it, it being lost to time or anything like that. I have not gone to look to see if it's available. Uh, but, but I believe the majority, if not all of the DSiWare stuff has been backed up. Um, I did have to go and get some DSiWare stuff loaded on my hacked DS at some point. Um, and, and one of those being a club Nintendo game that you could not purchase. Um, so, so I, I do know you can do that. You can install that on an emulator or, or a hacked 3DS or a hacked DSi uh, uh, as well. Uh, DSi wears games are a little harder to work with than a usual DS game, unfortunately, uh, in terms of, you know, being able to capture it and things like that. So, so that is, um, a challenge and why I haven't really done much DSi wear coverage probably. Um, that, and I, you know, have plenty of other stuff that I'm <laughs> working on all the time. Um, but yeah, it's a little, little scary that it removed a bunch of that stuff. Um, I, I would like to definitely, and I, I think they probably will, you know, hopefully in the future, give a, a, a heads up if they ever are like, Hey, we're going to remove all the DSIware content. Um, I definitely think that there is a advantage to them to do that because then people go and, and, you know, people like me are going to go buy a bunch of stuff off DSiWare and be like, okay, what do I want? <laughs> what do, what do I want to get? Right. Um, so, so I did that with WiiWare and Virtual Console. And I spent a couple hundred bucks, I think, in total on, on WiiWare and Virtual Console before the services shut down. Um, you know, and again, you can still get that stuff. Just, you can't get it officially. You got to like pirate it or whatever. So, so it's, it's more of just, you know, feeling like you did it the right way, you know, making sure you, you have, you paid for your muscle march. You gave Bandai Namco their $5 and, and, and you'll, you feel good about it. Um, so, so yeah. Anyways, I guess that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneTrollPort.com is the website. Like I said earlier, I kind of finished up Xenoblade Chronicles X today, so I don't really have immediate idea of what will be uh, coming up next here. Um, but you'll start seeing some content here. Um, probably, probably by next week, I'll have something to say. Um, if, if not, you know, things already posting on the website. I, I do want to do some written stuff, and I hope that is something that is, uh, you know, shorter content I can put together, you know, fairly quickly. I will probably sit down and try to work on some stuff tomorrow. I'm recording this on a Saturday night. Um, so, so hopefully on Sunday I can get kind of sit down and edit it all, edit it or write up some stuff and edit some stuff and, and get some, some movement on that, those things. Um, and then we'll go from there and see, see where things go. Anyways, thank you again for coming. OneControlReport.com is the website. Um, I don't know what the stream plans are for this week yet, so I'll try to update you as I figure that out. But, uh, you know, Thursday at 7 PM is when I will be here and, and, uh, we'll stream something. I'll be there streaming something. I'll be putting some video game in front of you if you come. So, so yeah. Anyways, I hope you have a great week. Bye.